Dude, we don't care who listening and who not listening. About a little pacer pod. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. Recording on a Sunday afternoon-ish, late, late afternoon, about about five o'clock. How's everybody's week? I had a good week, good weekend. Big week coming up. Um, which I'll probably get into here in a little bit. But, yeah, Sunday afternoon, you know, got a, got a fresh start coming coming here Monday morning. Um, I've got a, well, I'm a manager now at work, and I've got a new employee starting tomorrow. So, pretty exciting. And as exciting as it can be, right? What's, um, and what else is going on? I don't know. I'm doing good. I hope everybody else is doing good. You know, um, the Pacers are doing good. Been watching, watching. I've watched both the games since the last time I was on here. So, so we had the All Star break. Uh, Victor Oladipo was an All Star. Did not participate in the activities, obviously. He is in Miami doing some recovering. Um, he must like Miami. That's where he took up the team last year, last summer, to all hang out. Um, I ho- I sure hope Oladipo comes back. You know, obviously, just to to hopefully we we get to see him perform at a level higher than what he's reached so far in his career. That would be awesome. Um, to me, that would be the that would be the best comeback ever if he could do something like Paul George is doing in Oklahoma City now, where he's Paul George is having the best season of his career after having an injury worse than Oladipo's injury, probably. I mean, I don't know for sure if that's the case, but I think I know Paul George was out for I think a year and a half, and so I think Oladipo's injury is a little less severe, so. You know, if he can come back and have a uh, have a season better than what he had last season or what he was doing this year, that'd be great, and uh, it'd be good for the Pacers. I, I'm loving our team right now, really. Uh, it's crazy because these last two games. So since since we got back from the All Star break, the Pacers played the Pelicans um, at home on uh, Friday night, and Pacers win. It was, they started out super slow. The Pelicans were up 20 points, I think, in in the first half. Uh, And then the Pacers ended up coming back and winning the game uh, pretty handedly. I I don't remember the score, but it was pretty, I think it was a pretty high scoring game. But it was odd too, because the Pelicans, they played uh, Anthony Davis and Julius Randle, Drew Holiday, uh, they he, they played their best guys in the first half when they were up by 20. And then I, for some reason, they didn't play them in the second half. So 
I don't know if the Pelicans are trying to lose games now or what, but it helped the Pacers because we we started kicking their ass in the second half. Um, it was good because Wesley Matthews had his breakout game as a Pacer, knocking down six three-pointers. Uh, Wesley led the team with 24 points that game. Sabonis was solid. So also this game against the Pelicans, um, Turner was out. And he was out with a bruised hip. So we didn't know. So this was, I think what happened is that he got uh, banged up in practice. I think probably like after the All-Star break maybe. Um, And so they rested him or they just sat him out against the Pelicans on Friday. Then he actually ended up sitting out against the Wizards on Saturday too. But yeah, so the Pacers were without Turner. And obviously Oladipo's still out, so without their two best players. And uh, Wesley Matthews stepped up. Sabonis had 18 points, 13 boards, four assists. Uh, with you know he had a rock solid game, and uh, Pacers got a good win at home against Pelicans. And then so on a back to back, then they go to Washington D.C. to the corrupt capital of the United States of America. <laughs> and now I'm going to tell you how I feel about our country. <laughs> I hate all these damn commercials about the art. I'm just teasing. I do hate those. Um, but I'm not going to go. I'm not going to that. My podcast isn't about the government. Um, but yeah, so we go to Washington to play the Wizards. Bradley Beal's coming off of a 46 point night um, in a loss. How, but still, Bradley Beal's been hot. He uh, he was played a really good game against the Pacers Saturday night, too. Um, I actually watched this game on Sunday because I was watching the Mad Ants Saturday night, Saturday night, Saturday night, and, um, it was a pretty good game. The Pacers got out to a great start. They had control, I would say, most of the game. Um, unfortunately, they kind of gave the game to Washington by turning the ball over down the stretch. Uh, Washington started putting full court pressure on and Pacers just started coughing up the ball. Uh, Darren Collison had five turnovers. Um, But overall, you know, it was still a good win. It was a road win without your two best players. Um, And even without Turner and Oladipo, we still had seven guys scored double figures. That just, you know, that just goes to what the Pacers are. They're they're a team with a bunch of really good players or uh, good to really good players. That, you know, they can, eat, and I've talked about this before, but, you know, in, any one of them can can go off and get you 20 points. And, you know, like at the game against Pelicans, it was Matthews that got 24. And, and so the Pacers just have so many guys that can get points. And um, so the, I think that was just in full force, that game against the Wizards, getting seven guys in double figures. Thad, Thad had 22, Bogey had 18. Another double-double for Sabonis. Uh, Sabonis also had four steals. Um, and then, you know, he also had a plus 11. And um, what the hell is that stat called? <laughs> I just blanked. Plus 11, or plus minus. Like, he, the Pacers were 11 points better when Sabonis was on the court. That's... Um, I'd say, you know, like overall for the Pacers, that was a great game with uh, where we showed like our effort. 
our balance, um, even though we kind of gave it away at the end. We still got the win, and it was awesome too because it's like now this team is not just hanging on to third, but they're actually uh, creating some some distance between uh, the 76ers and the Celtics. So I think the la- I think last week we were one game ahead of both teams, and now the Pacers are two games ahead of the 76ers and three games ahead of the Celtics. Um, and it's great because we, we got to rack up these wins because of that tough schedule that we have coming up. Uh, we definitely have some winnable games here. It's nice that the team's uh, the team's been on a roll lately. Um, yeah, so it's good. Pacers are third. They are, you know, I I I I feel very confident, and it'd be so cool too if the Pacers are able to hold on to the third seed um, and play spoiler, so that the 76ers and the and Celtics have to play in the first round. Um, that really kind of disrupts the East because, I mean, to some extent, because if like, if Philly loses in the first round to Boston, you know, it's like both of these teams think that their their finals are bust basically is their goals. So for them to have to play in the first round, like one of those teams is going to have to end their season uh, going into the summer, knowing that they, they actually had a first round exit when they were planning to make it to the finals. Um, so the Pacers could play big time spoiler, and then you know they also have a, a, a very very good chance of advancing to the uh, to the next round because if the Pacers hang on to that third spot right now, they play Brooklyn. I mean, I like our chances against Brooklyn. I like our chances against Detroit or uh, Charlotte. Who I don't even know who that eighth seed is. Yeah, Magic. Um, those teams are kind of. Kind of garbage, and uh, I love the pay, especially with home court advantage. I think the Pacers can can win that first round series, um, and then we'd be facing either, well, whatever the two seat Toronto or, or the win. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but going down the stretch here, the Pacers have the sixth toughest remaining schedule. Um, the Celtics have the eighth. And the 76ers have the 22nd. So that's why these next this next week where the Pacers have four games is a big a big opportunity to uh, rack up some wins and create some padding going into this tough stretch of games because uh, I think it's inevitable that we're going to drop some games here in the in, you know well obviously we're going to lose some games before the end of the season but uh, overall it just feels good right it feels good to be a Pacers fan. It's good to see this team winning games without Oladipo and without Turner, for that matter, the last two games. There just seems to be the system and the guys, the depth, that we just have a lot of good players and, and we're winning games. And uh, it's just a, it's cool. It's fun to root for. They're consistent and they play hard. You know, they get after it defensively. The Pacers are still the ranked number one in the NBA defensively as, as uh, you know, giving up the number of points. Sorry, I kind of messed that, mess that up. Like the Pacers have the number one defense in points allowed. So they give up the least amount of points in the, in the NBA. So, and they get after it defensively. That's their identity. Um, 
which just leads me right into what I what I brought up last week. I, I thought about it even a little bit more this week, this past week, and it's about Malcolm Brog- Malcolm Brogdon and how good I think he would be for the Pacers. And I think I think that should be the target this this offseason. I think the Pacers should offer him, you know, 15, 16 million, uh, three or four year contract. I was just I, I was looking at, at Malcolm, you know, he's uh, just a little backstory. Tw- 26 years old. OK, so he's he's old for the number of ex- years in, uh, in the NBA. So he's actually got not as much wear and tear on his body as a normal 26 year old would because he played all four years in college where he played in the ACC at Virginia and he was ACC player of the year his senior season. So he's 26 years old right now. This, this uh, 2018-19 season is his third year in the league. So he'll be, he'll be entering into his fourth year of the league. Um, for the Milwaukee Bucks right now, he's, he's shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% plus he's actually 93% at the free throw line. Uh, it doesn't go there a lot, but two, over two times a game. He's averaging 15 points, five rebounds, three assists. On the Milwaukee Bucks team, that already has a ton of weapons. So it's like, you know, Giannis is getting his points. You got, they got Middleton, who's an all-star, getting his points. Uh, Bledsoe's obviously going to be looking to get his points. Lopez gets his points. But somehow Brogdon's carved out, you know, a, a 15 points a game on this Milwaukee team. He starts, he averages 29 points a game, or uh, not 29 points a game, but 29 minutes. Um, you know, he rebounds the ball for a guard, five rebounds a game, three assists, low turnovers, uh, obviously very efficient uh, shooter from the field. And right now, you know, he's only getting $1.5 because <laughs> he was drafted in the second round. So he's, you know, I'm sure he's wanting to get paid on this contract. And Milwaukee, luckily, doesn't, I don't think they're going to be able to sign all these guys. And they're probably going to try to re-sign Middleton more so than Brogdon. And so I think it's the perfect perfect player for the Pacers to go after. That way we don't have to re-sign Collison, unless Collison wants to take it on a discount. But um, I just think Brogdon would be such a, such a huge upgrade at point guard. Even though Collison's been rock solid, it's just, you know, I just don't see Collison as be, uh, uh, um, Collison being a point guard you know, that could like be on this Pacers team if the Pacers team are going to compete for a championship. I don't, I don't think Darren Collison's going to be our point guard. But I could see it being Malcolm Brogdon. I could see it being Malcolm Brogdon, uh, you know, a backcourt of Brogdon and Oladipo. It's like, who cares? Who, who, it doesn't matter who brings the ball up. Both of these guys are point guard shooting guards. Doesn't matter. We got two guys that bring the ball up that do, pro- that do most of our, our ball handling, initiating our offense. You know, they're, they're virtually... Um, they're pretty similar players, really, like Brogdon and Oladipo. Oladipo's a, a little bit more uh, explosive. Um, but Brogdon is, you know, he's he's real solid. I just think he's he would be a perfect fit for this team. Um, you know, bring back Bogey, bring back Thad. And then now you got Turner, Thad, slash Sabonis, Bogdanovich, Oladipo, and Brogdon. That's a, that's a damn good starting lineup. And you got all these guys that are capable. Another, that just adds another guy who can get 20. Um, I just, you know, like I said, upgrade over Darren Collison. 
with with all due respect to Darren Collison, uh, but Brogdon's six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds. You know, Collison's about six foot, you know, one eighty. So much more physically uh, dominating player. Uh, defensively, he can take the number one guy, uh, the number one backcourt player, let Oladipo play off, ball, not have to guard the best player. Um, just, you know, adding him to a defense that already has guys like Thad Young and uh, Miles Turner, Oladipo, like this could be. And I love this pickup of Wesley Matthews, too. I hope the Pacers re-sign Wesley Matthews. He's been awesome. I love, I love, I love Wesley Matthews. Uh, I think, you know, you don't re- you just let Tyreek walk. Uh, you re-sign Matthews instead. Resign Matthews in place of Tyreek. Um, with Matthews being 32, 33, I'd sign him to maybe a, just try to get him for a two-year, three-year deal. Hopefully just like a two-year or, or um, maybe he'd do... Uh, I, could, I could see Wesley Matthews being part of the, a Pacers championship team. I think if he's willing to come off the bench, which he obviously would be with Oladipo... Um, but like with a with a with a bench unit of, I guess like Corey Joseph maybe or Aaron Holiday. Uh, well, I'm kind of getting a little ahead of myself, but I don't know. I just think I think Brogdon would be such a good fit for the Pacers. Uh, and and then so I was I was on Google. I was like, all right. What, what are people saying about Malcolm Brogdon to the Pacers? Not knowing if I would find anything because I haven't, I never heard of that before. Uh, but I did find an article from some place, some website called The Inquisitor. And this was from October of 2018. Now, I don't know if that's a legit source. I don't know who this is coming from. Uh, but there, were, there sure were a lot of ads on the site. But anyways, they... In that in that article, it it mentioned that the Pacers could probably go for like a four year, sixty four million dollar offer to to uh, to Malcolm Brogdon. And I'm thinking, hell yeah, sign me up for that. I'd take him for sixteen mil because then you got Oladipo at twenty, Turner at eighteen, Brogdon at sixteen. You you offer an extension or you sign Sabonis to like at eighteen. I think. There you go, man. That's your that's your four guys that lead this team for the next five seasons. Uh, your core of Sabonis, Turner, Old Depot, and Brogdon. And then you hang on to Bogdanovich, Turner, Wesley Matthews, Corey Joseph. You still have Aaron Holiday. You have McDermott. Uh, what, next year I think we still have Alizé, TJ Leaf. And then, what, that's 12. Sumner, 13. I would probably have a pick. So, I don't know, you know. I think that, I just, that's what I want. That's what I want to see happen. If I were the GM, I'd take a chance with Brogdon. Um, but the Pacers have just been a real treat lately. Just winning all these games. Games that... Games that they definitely should they should win. They they were probably the favorites in, but it's just nice to see them not. They don't lose many games that they're not supposed to lose, right? Uh, the last one I can really think of 
Well, I guess they, they had that stretch when Oladipo went out, but they had that game against Cleveland um, a while back ago where I think Cleveland beat the Pacers on a tip at the buzzer. And the game I went to last night, which was the Fort Wayne Mad Ants against the Canton Charge, Canton Charge being affiliate of the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, Mad Ants were up huge, came down to the very end, and the Canton Charge win by one with a tip in at the buzzer. So it's just like the Cavs and the Pacers. Ironic. But that was a rough it was a rough game watching watching the Mad Ants. I don't know it well I just you know, Alizé Johnson was there, so it was cool to see him, but I wish she would have been playing. <laughs> Cause uh I don't know. It's hard to tell. We had a couple guys score a lot of points, but you don't you know, just never know. I'm not I'm not smart enough to know what looks good what translates from that to the NBA, but um What's next? We got uh, so the Pacers are forty and twenty, which is an incredible record. I mean, I think that would put us at. I mean, I think we'd be on pace. Yeah, we're definitely on pace to win over fifty games, which that that's incredible. Last year, I think the Pacers won forty six or forty eight, and. Um, especially, you know, in a year without losing your best player, still winning these games. It's incredible. Uh, but yeah, so sitting at 40 and 20 up next, busy week, busy week after all-star break. Pacers are in action for four games starting tomorrow at Detroit. It's been a while since we played Detroit. I don't remember. I don't remember playing them this year. Um, I'd have to check. I, I would assume we've played them so far but i just don't remember watching it um but detroit's seventh in the east uh they i I looked up i saw that they won uh they're seven and three in their last 10 so they're playing decent i mean you never know who the what that schedule was but they got blake griffin andre drummond so it'll be interesting you know especially with turner being out of the lineup we could definitely use we need our front court guys because that's what Detroit's really good at. Um, hopefully, Turner can come back so he can, you know, help us help us uh, minimize the damage that Andre Drummond does on the glass. And same thing with Blake around the basket. Uh, but uh, definitely a winnable game, even though it's on the road. And uh, yeah, it, it, that's a, it'll be a good test. Good test um, for the Pacers. And then Wednesday there at Dallas. Going up against the rookie phenom, Luka Doncic, and Luka's a cool dude, man. <laughs> I was just I was watching watching an interview that he had with uh, it's like some all these rookies is Marvin Bagley uh, for Sacramento, DeAndre Ayton for Phoenix, Luka for the Mavs, and um, Jaron Jackson for the Memphis Grizzlies. So those were the top four picks, I believe. Yeah, and they've all they've all had really good seasons, but Luca is is, is insane. And I have honestly haven't watched him too much. I mean, I remember the game that the the game at Indianapolis when the Pacers were playing him. He got ejected for kicking the ball. He had a rough night. 
Um, so I wonder, it'll be good to see him. He'll be on his home court. Um, you know, it, that'll be a fun game, but it's a winnable game. The Mavs aren't that good. And then Thursday, they're back home. So another back-to-back. The pick, I mean, they're just really cranking them out here. Uh, but the T-Wolves come to town, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Wiggins. Um, winnable game for sure, but, you know, it's going to be – I mean, Minnesota's, Minnesota's got um, some pretty good talent. And so that will be a, another tough game for the Pacers, uh, pretty evenly matched, I would say. And then uh, Saturday they're at home against the Magic. So another winnable game, but, you know, the Magic are – it's kind of streaky too. They've got some decent players. Um, so I'd say all four of these games, the Pacers are either slight favorites um, or it's pretty much even. I'd say that Dallas game, especially they might be underdogs at, but um, we'll see four winnable games. I mean, it'd be great if the Pacers could get this because after, after these four, I think there might be one or two more cupcakes and then it gets, it gets really tough with, uh, the likes of, uh, you know, Golden State again and Oklahoma City twice. And I don't know. I know some other tough teams. But uh, that's pretty good. I'd say that's pretty good, um, you know, for the Pacers. It's been a good season. And they are coming out of the All-Star break with two wins in a row and four four winnable games this next week. And so let's uh, hoorah Pacers, I would say. Um all right transition into something else how about a little what's going on this next week you know um i've been thinking well not really thinking about it but more just doing it um like on sundays really trying to kind of reset for the next week and kind of breaking up, I guess just taking taking a moment to restart. Um, yeah, that sounds, well, whatever, I said it. That's just what I'm doing. And so looking forward to this next week because I got to brag a little bit because I married a boss. I never thought, I didn't even know these really existed, but... Um, my wife is being flown to another city to interview for a job and that's incredible. It's a baller. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I don't even know what I would do. What do you, I don't even know what job I'd apply for that I'd have to fly in for an interview, but I'm just really excited for her and this opportunity. It's cool. And, uh, I hope she gets a job because this, she gets that job. This uh, pace of pod might get get a get a little upgrade studio. <laughs> no, that's not that's not true. There's nothing to upgrade. But uh, yeah, so you know, like that's what's going on this week for me, and I don't know. I just hope everybody has a good week. Winter's about over. Um, oh yeah, I know one other thing I was going to say. So I think I've mentioned on here before that like, 
I do I have this app on my phone. It's called Mindspace or Headspace. What is it? This is so stupid. I can't remember what it's called. I'm going to check my phone real quick. What is this? Headspace. Okay. So this app is called Headspace and it's just a it's a meditation app. I'm not preaching, but it's just—it's kind of interesting because it's like I, if I'm thinking about ideas, I just want to say them on this podcast. So uh, I don't know. It feels like I'm kind of like just thinking out loud. But so this—I'm doing this um, app, and I—I tr- I try to do it in the mornings before work. And then, uh, but right now I'm taking this like 30 session um, class. uh, focused on relationships and it's like the very first part of it uh, so I'm 13 13 lessons in or or whatever it's like the first five parts it was talking about recognizing this light inside of you as a person Uh, like it's kind of your I would I kind of think of it as like your best self or um, like the feeling of uh, when you're really loving, um, like and being being good, kind of you know, like when you're when you're at your best, that's kind of like this light. Um, and so that's what this this meditation thing was talking about is like recognizing that in your life and uh, trying to like check in and think about that throughout the days. So maybe that will change the way that you're having interactions throughout the day. And I'm like, man, that's cool. Like, that's cool. And I, I would write it like I'd write it on this little note card sometimes and I'd put it in my pocket. And, you know, the problem is I just like sometimes if I, if I don't check my pocket or <laughs> I just realized how stupid that sounds. <laughs> but, uh, um. I don't know. It's cool, like in theory, like when I'm when I'm doing the meditation on, on that. Oh, or, but, but let me go back because so the first five classes were about recognizing this light inside of you as a per, as as yourself, and then the next five it was like, um, think of somebody that you know you have a really uh, really good relationship already, and think about how much you um, want to see that person or like no not not think not not how much you want but it was just like think about that person being um, full of uh, love and and happiness and and that same light that in you know that same light that's in us individually it's like think about it in some think about that light in somebody else so it's like okay that's cool um i can think about that so like one of my things I, I, so sometimes i'd be like thinking about well i'd either think about like my wife or my mom when i'm doing the meditation but it's just still like when you're doing it so these are like 10 minute sessions and even in these 10 minutes it's just like really hard to um only think about that it, because like my mind just it it wanders and I know that I think that's part of learning uh, meditation is being able to keep your mind from wandering probably but um, 
so that was like the second and so like okay it's like that's i guess it's just what i was what i was saying there is um what is that what is that like you know with what is that like to think about somebody else being really happy and not just think so it's like you're you're not only thinking of yourself but you're thinking of somebody else and how they feel when they experience the things that you like to experience yourself so that's pretty cool um but then now these these last they're this next set of five class sessions so i'm at 13. um they say okay think about uh rather than thinking about some rather than thinking about yourself and rather than thinking about someone that you already have a good relationship with now think about somebody who you have a relationship with but it's neither great nor bad it's and he's it's like think of maybe like a work relationship just kind of a neutral relationship and then now it's like okay now take that person and now think about that person being comfortable and um happy and full of love and full of that same light and i guess the idea is like and that's really hard i it's hard to think about somebody that i don't really you know and i guess that's what this is all about is like learning to care about people more um but you know it's like someone that you don't really like put spend the energy thinking about them being happy just to think trying to think like thinking about them and thinking about like all the interactions that you have with them like you could even you could even decide to engage with that one person the same way that you engage with you know somebody else um so i don't know but it's tough for me it's tough for me to not just stay thinking about myself um and just like what's going on with me what am i thinking about you know um so we'll see that's that's 13 in it's a total of 30 so maybe it'll start making me want to think about uh you know like what's your dog thinking about you know do you ever think about your dog and and the light that's in that dog (laughs) (laughs) i'm like no because my dog's the devil no my dog's not the devil she's sweet she's just ornery so well Hopefully I have a good, uh, hopefully, you know, there's a good, good interview this week in my family. And I've got a trip to Chicago this weekend. Going to go see Andrew McMahon, Grizz Folk, and a band that I really started liking, Floor, F-L-O-R. That should be really fun. We're going Saturday. All these Pacer games this week. Got a new hire at work, so it'll be a busy one. Hope everybody gets after it, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah, thanks for checking out the pod. And I just ramble. And uh, it's fun, though. Peace.